The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. This is Waddle and Sylvie on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. Take the Herbert. Big end around. That incomplete try to go to Ryan Griffin. The tight end a little too long. Third down and goal. Bears go no huddle. Pick up the pace here. Fields deep downfield and it is going to be caught for a touchdown. Dante Pettis. Fourth and goal from the four. Fake toss to the end zone and it is juggled. Did he catch it? No, he did not. Incomplete. Mooney. For the moment looked like he might have it. Does not. You got St. Juice covering on the play. Officials going over it. Oh, I think he called the it. Catch, but not a catch short of the goal line. Yeah. The runner ball short for catch, catch, but short of the goal line. It was really uh, last year's game against the Commanders on Thursday Night Football. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Because the Pettis throw and catch. Uh, was, his one best, of, yeah. was one of the best we've ever seen. Yeah, not, not only was it he, he dropped that ball right where it needed to be dropped, he was he had a defensive end or a defensive tackle in his lap taking him to the ground. The Mooney misplay at the end was certainly bad. The ugly was missing Ryan Griffin on that play. Like, yeah. you've got to make that play, and it just sort of sums up what what life has been like. At the end of the day, it was a 12-7 uh, Donnybrook yes. that the Commanders walked away winners. So you know what the NFL said? They said, do it again! Let, let's run it back. You know what Al needs? Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet need this again on Thursday night football. <laughs> and it is our pleasure to welcome in on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline our friend, the great Al Michaels. Al, we apologize for our bad <laughs> Bears team. Listen, uh, I enjoyed that. I forgot all about it. It's a nice refresher for me. And I'm predicting a major barn burner tomorrow night. I mean, as Frank Froyles would say, I'll tell you what, Keith, this is not only going to be a barn burner, it's going to take a couple of rows of the cornfield with it. So... <laughs> Look out tomorrow night. Well, what does that entail when you've got the commanders and the Bears? Is it, Are we talking like 2017? That's kind of a barn burner for these teams, Al. 45-42 mm, overtime. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you, don't really, you, you really I, don't I, believe that. So, no. So last year, <laughs> I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm on with you guys, right? And I'm joking around because we had done Denver, Indianapolis the week before, which was Pretty grim, and I, you know, I'm fooling around, and I said to you guys, you know, I'm going to retire if we have another game like that. So, yeah. of course, all it takes is one doofus with a blog <laughs> to think that I'm serious. So, boys, when I'm joking around with you, and I love to joke around with you through the years we've done it, just play a laugh track behind me. Yes. Yeah. So they know I'm not serious. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's such a good point, and I forgot uh, about that. Me too. That. Yeah. I forgot that that oh. had happened. Right. Right. Oh. Right. You didn't, but, but we did. That's right. That's, <laughs> that's a refresher for that's us, right. Al. Exactly. Oh. There you go. Memory of an elephant. What can I tell you? That's great. How? First of all, how have you been? <laughs> and there's a lot of laugh track. You yeah. ask and, and you shall receive. 
Uh, how have you, you been? Go. Everything uh, great in your world? Yeah, it's fine. You know, everything is good. We, uh, you know, we've had three pretty good games to start the season with. You know, Minnesota, Philadelphia, Giants, San Francisco wasn't bad last week. You know, we saw the Lions against uh, Green Bay. So, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. Look, no matter what the game is, there's always a storyline. And, of course, for the Bears, I don't have to tell you guys, it's not a happy storyline, no. but you lose 14 in a row, people are interested. You know, can, can you break it? Can you do it, you know, on television, on national TV, on a Thursday night? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, look, you saw what happened last week. I don't have to remind you guys. So we'll see. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's different. I mean, fields look so good, obviously, in the, in the first half last week. Yeah. And uh, we'll see what takes place. And, you know, for Washington – it's a uh, it's a brand new regime. You can kind of feel it around that team right now. You know, twenty four years of Dan Snyder was more than enough, mm-hmm. and now Josh Harris and his group comes in, and it's kind of a honeymoon around here. And uh, I think that team, I think the Commanders are a little better than people think they are. You know, they won the first two, got blown out obviously by Buffalo, took Philadelphia right to, right to the end last week. Could have yeah. maybe won the game if had they. Uh, decided to go for two, but they didn't. And uh, they've got a pretty soft schedule coming up. So if the Commanders win tomorrow night, I think they have Atlanta and the Giants the next couple of weeks. Uh, who knows? They're an interesting team. Al, have you guys had your uh, your opportunity to speak with Coach Eberflus at this point? And if you have, what kind of message has he kind of given you guys? Well, we, we talked to him yesterday on Zoom, uh, you know, from uh, Palace Hall. Uh, you know, look, like, most coaches in that situation, they have to stay positive. And they've got to, you know, hey, and I think his message was, hey, we played really well in the first half. Let's build on that. Let's, you know, let's move ahead. And I can't, you know, uh, say exactly what he told us, but that was the, the essence of what any coach in that circumstance with a 14-game losing streak is going to tell a team, you can't go in there with your head down and, you know, mope around and all of that. So you, you have to, as hard as it is, you know, keep some sort of a, uh, a bright outlook, let a little sunshine come into the building yeah. and, and see what happens. That's what he has to do. Any coach in a situation like this has to be that way. Al, it's not like a lot of these coaches are going to win big personality contests. But, you know, we're the home of the Bears now on ESPN 1000, and he does the coaches show every morning on our morning show, Cap and Jay Hood. And and there and at the podium, he's very robotic. Does, did, did he let you guys in a little bit at all? Yeah, well, I can remember I go back. I've known him for a long time when he was in Dallas and in Indianapolis as well as an assistant. So, you know, we've had a, a few meetings with him. I think one of the reasons he's robotic is because of the record of the team. I mean, it's really hard. Um, yeah, I'm sure he, he'd like to uh, show some effusiveness and a little bit more personality, and that's a lot easier to do, you know, if you, if, if you can win a couple of games. But, man, oh, man, I mean, you know, you got to remember how hard it is for any of these guys in this situation to even go on the radio every day mm. or go on television or stand there and, and, and look at the press every day and have the same questions asked of you. So that's a, that's pretty hard. I think, you know, you, you might see a different Matt if they can win a couple of games. Al, as they say, this is not your first rodeo. Is the NFL product still a high quality in your opinion? Oh, I think so. I really do. I think, guys, I think all sports are played at the highest level. 
uh, right now. They really are. I mean, the guys are faster, stronger. Uh, you've got, uh, uh, you know, the, the strategy. Analytics is a little bit of it, uh, you know, is a little bit too much of that in my mind. But, I mean, that kind of plays into it. Um, but every sport that I see, and you guys know how much I love hockey, um, I, I've never seen hockey like it's played right now. The guys are faster, stronger. I mean, the game is the game is wild. And I, I, I've always loved hockey, but I love it even more than, than ever right now because, of, you know, you've got guys like, uh, you know, Connor McDavid. And you guys, I can't wait to see yeah, your Con, guys. Yeah, Bedard, pretty, I mean, they, they've taken this game, and they're playing it at a different level. And I don't want to say that, you know, like uh, Connor McDavid for Edmonton is better than Gretzky because Gretzky is the greatest I've ever seen. There's no question. And I don't want to – that's heresy to say that. But I ran into Grant Fuhr, uh, who does uh, – Minor league hockey on, on the radio in uh, Palm Desert. They got a great team down there in the minors. And I said to Grant uh, uh, when I saw him in March, and he was the goalie on all those teams. I said, Is McDavid better than Gretzky? And he looked at me and he said, Not yet. So he said, Wayne, he said, Wayne made everybody around him better. McDavid is still getting there. Is Connor Bedard getting some of the uh, the same type of uh, attention from you and, and the excitement from you at this particular time? I know he's a young player, but we have oh, high yeah. hopes. No, I've heard a lot about him, obviously, and you know, it looked like uh, he was he he may come my way at one point. It looked like Anaheim might might wind up with him, and of course, the Blackhawks did. So, I guess you know he is he's the next great one, um, and I've you know I've seen a little bit of him on on tape and all that, but uh, I really can't w- wait to, to watch this guy play. Like I said, that sport is now being played at a yeah. level I've never seen before. Mm. Al Michaels joining us. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. Do you still love doing the games as much as you did in the past? You know, I love going into the stadium. Uh, I've always been um, excited. From the time I was six years old and I walked in Ebbets Field with my father, and I just, there's, there's an excitement that's never left me walking into a stadium and it's exciting. And, you know, the, especially in, in the jobs I've had over the past you know, 38 years now in the NFL, and it's always a national telecast and the music is playing and the crowd is coming in. And there's an excitement that builds, you know, over the two, two and a half hours from the time we get there till we start the game. So, yeah, I mean, in, in that sense, it's a spectacle. I love that aspect of it. You know, and, and having done close to 800 to 900 NFL games uh, since 1986, yeah, what you want to have is a, a great game. You know, you want drama. That's, and that's all announcers root for. I don't root for a team. I really never have. I root for drama. You know, it's like every time I did a Super Bowl, I said, give me a triple overtime. <laughs> you know, I don't really care who wins. Just take it right down to the end. Did you um, have any impact along with, obviously, Bezos, who's got the money, um, with the NFL improving the schedule from the first year to the second year? I know some people think that I did because of the way I was you know, uh, calling some of the games last year. I don't, I'm going to say that the league knew mm-hmm. that you know, their big master plan is to make streaming the deal. And that's going to take a, a few years. But they felt it was very important with this package, which is hugely important to the NFL. They think this is the future. And to, to make sure that they did everything they could to enhance the package. So that enabled uh, the, the league to, to go ahead and have 
teams on twice, not once, enabled a, a Black Friday game. You know, they, they were going to give us, or they did give us, we're still going to do it, uh, the uh, Dolphins at the Jets on Black Friday, 3 o'clock on Friday afternoon, and open it up from behind the paywall, and people can do their Christmas shopping and watch the game at the same time. Wow. I mean, it's, it's, uh, and it's going to be an amazing day. Now, obviously, with the Aaron Rodgers thing, it doesn't have the uh, panache that it would have had under those circumstances, but still we're going to go Miami and the Jets on that Friday. And then also uh, there's the ability to flex a, a little bit at the end of the season, maybe I think the last three or four weeks, you got to give them uh, three or four weeks notice. But in other words, they, they, I think they're moving guys incrementally to do whatever they can to make this a better package because they see this, you know, eight, nine, ten years down the line, that's the future. Uh, it's good to hear. Uh, Al, do you and the veteran producers make Herbie carry your luggage in and out of the hotels? <laughs> Herbie's an amazing guy. First of all, you know, Fred Gadelli has stepped up. I worked with him for 22 years. He's now the executive producer. We have Mark Teitelman in there right now. He's done a great job. Kirk Herbstreet is an animal. I mean, do you realize what this guy does every week? Yeah, his travel schedule's got to be crazy. It's, wait, wait a minute. We did a game. Uh, where were we? We were in... Philadelphia on a Thursday night. Then he flies to wherever the game day show is on Saturday, but he flies there after the Thursday night game so he can be at the meeting, the the production meeting, for three hours. He then left that site and flew back to Cincinnati because his son is playing high school football quarterback, I think at St. Xavier. Flew back to where the game day site is on Saturday, sitting next to Lee Corso putting the mascot head on, and then got, got on a plane and flies halfway across the country and does the primetime game on Saturday night. That is impossible. Yeah. Impossible. And yet, I've, you know, he's incredibly prepared. I mean, <laughs> I love working with him. You know, I worked all those years with Collinsworth, and, and Chris was um, very tech-savvy. He had a the big computer and the whole thing, and he knew how to work it and scroll it and the whole thing. And Kirk is like me. He writes little scribbly notes, at least minor, legible I can read them. And Kirk is, you know, he doesn't even have a light on it. I'm going, how in the hell, how do you read that? So he does that for the game on Thursday. He does that you know, for his notes on the pregame show on Saturday. He does that for the Saturday night game. Uh, the, the guy is on, from some other planet, i got to tell you. So, uh, what are your dinner plans uh, tonight? Are you go- dining with Magic Johnson at all with all your days and connections in L.A.? No, not tonight. Uh, my, who's it? David Chang, the famous chef, is here, but he's doing a three-hour dinner for the pregame people, right? So they don't have to get up like I'd have to get up at eight thirty in the morning to do another production meeting tomorrow. But we're just, I think, going over to the Capitol Grill. We're not going over to Prime. Unfortunately, there is none here. Uh, but that'll be in Chicago. I think we're going to be there on, on November the 9th. So we'll be there for that. Um, but, you know, we, we, we always try to limit the Wednesday night dinner to an hour and a half. So that, you know, uh, as much as I would love to go to a David Chang three-hour dinner, boys, uh, <laughs> not, not, not tonight. Not tonight. But at least it's better than room service, I'm yes. going to tell you. Al, you've seen some of the best the NFC has to offer already this year, the Eagles, the 49ers, the Lions. Which team impressed you the most to this point? Uh, I would say, look, Philadelphia is really good. I know they're not playing – as well as they, they think they can, I agree with that. I mean, they are really good. 49ers are <laughs> terrific. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all 
you know, if they get to the Super Bowl. I mean, they've, they've come so close in, in recent times and actually got there, what, in 2019. Uh, the Lions, uh, you know, are definitely for real. I mean, that team's got a lot of stuff going for them right now. Uh, you know, they, they had very little trouble with Green Bay. Uh, there's, some, there's a vibe around that team that's really good. And then we haven't seen Dallas yet, but I put them in the mix, too. So you got, I mean, those four teams right now, uh, you can put them in a hat, and, and any of them, I think, can wind up in the Super Bowl. How was the exchange with, with Dan Campbell? Uh, he seems like a very entertaining guy, not just a qualified coach, but a very entertaining guy as well. Oh, no, absolutely. And he's got a good sense of humor, too. Uh, I, had, I had met him a little bit when he was a player, didn't know him, haven't had a game of his until we had it a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, we started out the conversation. They said, hey, listen, I'm not here to have you bite my kneecap off. You know, <laughs> and he, he, he laughed. I mean, he's, he's fun. He was good. He was very good in the meeting. He was very uh, expansive. He gave us what we needed. Um, you know, and then Jared Goff was telling us that, uh, hey, a lot of people think he's a meathead. He's not. This guy is on top of uh, everything, offense, defense, special teams. He gets it. He's a fun guy. You know, he, um, he's, a, he's a quote machine. He really is. He's the kind of guy that, you know, if you're covering that team, uh, he's a goldmine for you. The great Al Michaels joining us. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. So now that you do Thursdays, are you just like us? And do you spend a Sunday in the Lazy Boy or on the couch watching football all day and watching the Red Zone? Yeah, I sure do because what happens is we only have three days to prepare. So my Sunday is now uh, sitting at home uh, watching you know, as many games as I can and clearly focusing on the two teams that I'm going to do uh, the subsequent Thursday. I saw, watched all of the, the Bears game the other day. I watched all of the Commanders game the other day. And they're, playing, they're being played simultaneously, so I'm kind of going back and forth, but I'm recording both, and then I'm going back after the games and watching the parts that I missed. So that is, boys, that is my uh, Sunday at home, it's wow. um, you know I'd like to be at the golf course, yes. but uh, sorry about that. I got a job to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh, I, I got to ask you, what do you make of the Taylor Swift phenomenon? And will you, if you have a a Chiefs game, buy in to all the Taylor Swift hoopla? I think everybody's going to start to buy out a little bit on this. Even the NFL, I saw something on the internet before that I was reading about even the NFL, which was kind of like, you know, lashing onto it, making a big deal of it, you know, doing press releases about it, even they're backing off. I saw where Kelsey today even said, hey, this is too much. You know, I think they had, like, the other night I, I read that there were like 17 cutaways yeah. of her and her friends. No, uh-uh-uh. Now, I don't know if she goes to the game in Minnesota this week. That's either CBS or Fox. We have them. The we have them the next week. Yeah. So we're back in Kansas City. Uh, we've got Kansas City, you know, against Denver. So you know, you just do look. It's all about moderation. You don't overdo it because you know what, guys. If you overdo it, you piss off a lot of people, right. a lot of fans, right? If you underdo it, then people say, "Well, wait a second, we want to see this." So you can never make everybody totally happy, but there's always like a middle ground. And you have to know where that middle ground is. So, you know, it, it's been it's been the buzz of buzzes, and she shows up in Kansas City, and, you know, they do a whole big thing in, uh, on uh, Fox. And then uh, the game on Sunday night, obviously, she's there, and Aaron Rodgers is there, and the whole thing's going on. It's New York City. 
But after a while, man, you got to just, you know, slow it down a little bit. Figure out, where, read the room. What, so what do, you th- what do you say about the theory who says, the people who bring up the theory, that the NFL fans can bitch and bitch and bitch, but they're not going anywhere? And, and what you need to do is play into the Swifties because that is a new crowd that we can get that the NFL has never tapped into. You're calling BS on that. I'm not saying BS, but you know what? It's, it's, it's kind of like a one-off. I mean, are, are, are Swifties going to become uh, avid fans? When she doesn't show up, I mean, seriously. I mean, let's face it. A lot of people maybe tuned in. I don't know how many, whatever. I, I you know, I don't believe the ratings to begin with. Never have. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's all a bunch of stuff. I mean, it's like it's like. Uh, I mean, to me, it's like uh, uh, the fox doing a head count in the hen house. So, I mean, who the hell knows how many people are really watching this stuff, uh, or because of this. So, yeah, I mean, this is what the NFL wanted to to bring more. Well, yeah, if you know she's showing up and then people who don't care about football but want to see her, they'll tune in. But she stops showing up or you do it too much. You're going back to what you know what you have. Look, look, the NFL has been through all kinds of like things that you would think have would turn people off through the years. Uh uh uh. As popular as ever, you guys know that. Yeah, out of all the people that you've run into, and you live in LA, um, that you heard was either at a game or that you ran into that you were wowed by, who's like the the most impressive person that you've ever met? That I've ever met, the most impressive person? Yeah, like you know, like who's well, your Taylor yeah, Swift? Yeah. Who's there? You go, Waddle. Way to cut to the chase. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Oh well, I once uh, uh, what did I, I once passed by Sinatra in a restaurant in New York, uh, so that wouldn't be at a game. Uh, who else might that be? You know, it's so bizarre. The, the the one guy I always wanted to meet always was Neil Armstrong. I mean, he's the first guy to set foot on the moon. Yeah, Chris Collinsworth was a great friend of his, and. Um, Four or five or six years ago, whatever it was, Chris sets up a dinner when we're going to do a game in Cincinnati in like a month where I'm going to go to dinner with Neil Armstrong. And I was so excited. And then Chris and I are in New York and we're driving back from the Jets practice facility. We have the radio on in the car. We're driving back into Manhattan. Neil Armstrong has died on the operating table. Oh, no. I couldn't, no, he was having open heart surgery. And I, I, could, I could not believe, I'm mean, like, what? You know, I thought it was like a fake report. And, uh, but he was the guy, I, I mean, look, I, I, actors, actors, singers, great. We love them all. They're, they're, they're great. But to get, I mean, how many times would you have an opportunity to meet the guy who was the first man to step on the moon? Yeah, you know? I, Al, my weird thought is, is how did Collinsworth become a friend of his? Because uh, uh, Neil uh, lived in Cincinnati. Okay. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah. Neil, Neil was a Cincinnati guy. He was a Bengals fan. He liked sports. He, he used to go to some Reds games. I know I did the Reds like uh, yeah. uh, in the early 70s, but I didn't you know, know him. I knew he was at a game one night, but I never got to meet him. But uh, that's how Chris became, you know, it's that Cincinnati connection. Yeah, I'm not a big shooter like Al and Chris, but I, like I grew up in Sharonville. I mean, my whole life I grew up in Cincinnati, and Neil Armstrong, I never had to meet him either. Right. No, and I heard from everybody who knew him, a, a wonderful guy. You know who also was from Cincinnati? I went to a banquet there back in 1988. They were honoring a whole bunch of you know, Cincinnatians at the baseball all-star game. 
I was sitting across the table from Dr. Heimlich. Really? There's another Cincinnati. Yeah, and I, I looked at him and I said, "You know what? I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna really gulp down. And <laughs> if a bone gets stuck, I'm with the right guy." That is awesome. <laughs> you are the best. You are the best, Al. We always love uh, catching up with you. And go easy on our Bears if it goes south. All right? Oh no, I'm playing it down in the middle. And boys, we're back in there on November the ninth. So. Uh, yep. Yeah, we'll have to reprise this. And meanwhile, everything I said today was a joke. Joke, joke, yes. joke, joke, joke. Yeah. There we go. There we go. There you go. I Thanks so it. much, See Al. You. You're the best. Be good, guys. Take he, care. He is the uh, legend. He's, That's a legend yeah. right there. Yes, he is. He, he, like, I couldn't believe he was so excited about this dinner. And then uh, he hears on the radio, yeah. he's Neil Armstrong has passed died. away. Yeah. I so wanted to hit the laugh track at that moment. <laughs> oh, I was like, that'll be an important yeah, That's the dinner. Good. Oh, I always like our conversations yes, with Al. Yes, because like, like a third of it's about football. Yes. And then the other's about life because he's experienced it all. Good stuff right there. All right, uh, we have our draft coming up next. Don't forget, would you rather also later this hour get your best uh, either or questions, make them fun and creative, either this or that. Would you rather this or that? Send them to Charlie Bevins. It's CR Bevins 11. Do I have that right? I finally memorized it. And uh, Jeff underscore Meller. Send him on Twitter. Use the hashtag WS. Uh, would you rather? And uh, the winner will get a gift card to the Pride stores. So make them fun and creative. We're going to do a fantasy draft of the worst ever Chicago coaches and managers. So three of us will participate. Charlie wasn't um, from here, and he just moved here. So three of us will participate. Let's see who can comprise the best team of bad Chicago coaches. The best worst? Let's see who can comprise the best worst list. Exactly. The best. Ah, commuting in Chicago. Ah. If you're stuck, stick with Waddle and Sylvie. Weekdays 2 to 6. So we decided to do this in the wake of another struggling Bears coach, Matt Eberflus. I think you could say with Pedro Grafal here, too, losing 101 games. The, Bear, uh, the White Sox electing to keep him, blaming the hitting coach, though. Daryl Boston's getting some blame, too, isn't he? Is he really? He got fired, didn't he? Oh, yes. He's, but services were no Pedro longer retained. Stays? So uh, we're going to draft the worst, and these are all head coaches. So these are either head coaches or managers in Chicago sports. And uh, like you could go, if you want, you want to go back to the 50s or whatever, do it. I, I went more, more modern with the more modern coach for the sake of our, our listeners. Um, How many rounds are we going, Sylvie? I guess until uh, we'll know when it's over. <laughs> uh, like I, I've got my depth chart here. Like I go in, I go in with all drafts. Got a cheat sheet over there, so do I. I've got a yeah, cheat sheet I, I, on napkin. I, I, I've got about four or five uh, candidates from each team in yep. town. I'm similar. I'm, I go about twenty deep. Yeah. So that's really. Right. How about you, Otto? I don't have a list. How much did you press? <laughs> I didn't have a list. I have not, uh, not not one second. Excellent. So the, the, Tyler's it's a, like a day that ends in Y. It's a big milestone for Tyler. Tyler's at his first playoff baseball game today. He's up in Milwaukee. 
Boy, they got uh, they didn't they come off to a, a three zip uh, lead and then they got boat raced at oh, the did end. Did they? Yeah, you didn't watch. I did not know. Wow, I've had the yes. show. I'm gonna the have people text big day for Christian tweet, Walker in the Diamond. Tweet me uh, suggestions. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask the people to help. All right, so what's the order here, Mellor? Uh, Charlie's got a draft randomizer because I know you guys never like to trust me with that. So you're not trustworthy. That's we'll, we'll a lie. You're going to trust this even less. So the oh first boy. pick is Mellor. Yeah. Right. Sylvie is uh, the next pick, and then Waddle. Waddle, he got the snake. You dog, you. Uh, just burped for you. Thank you. Excuse me? Huh? What? Wow. Right, Mellor. Mellor's got the first you pick. You know, this is I, this is caught me a little off guard. I didn't have like a number one. Dun, dun, There's so many dun, options, Sylvia. There's, There's so, so many, many places to go. There are many guys that you can't go wrong. And with. you know what? I but love the negativity of my partner. I here. don't think there's any clear-cut number one, like obvious choice. I think there's a lot of I good. I have one that I'm pretty passionate. I've right. got two that I'm passionate All right. about. Sylvie's feeling good. <sighs> Boy, time out, time out. Can What's we get time out? Hold on. Stop the music. Stop the music. Stop the music. You even admitted that you have prepped for this. You get the first effing pick. Yeah, I, I like I wrote and down. You're a, sitting over there sighing. I wrote down a bunch of names. You had to have had a selection if, in fact, you won the first overall we're selection. We're I'm telling you, they, it's a plethora of options here in the city of Chicago in terms of worst so coaching you still, options. To, to this moment, you still haven't come to a decision as to who is the worst coach of all. You know what? You put a list Can together. I, you're ill-prepared. Would you like to trade totally. the number one over? Yes. I will flip-flop with you. Yes. I'll, I'll trade you the number one pick. for. Oh, well, we, we have yes. a trade. Get the draft trade. This is We have a trade. Well, with the first selection, I'm taking Jimbo. Jim Boylan. That is good. That's good. He was he was one of my two candidates. Which please, Jim Boylan? I was going to say, please clarify. Which Jim Boylan? The one that With made an ass of himself. <laughs> this is the Jim Boylan who stabbed uh, Fred Hoiberg in the back, figuratively, and then and put up the punch clock, the time card. He was the yes, yes he was yeah. the time card guy. Yeah, you know what? That's a good and selection. Then, and then Wild. nearly had a revolt like two weeks into his reign yeah. as as Bulls coach. I think I just fleeced, uh, I think I fleeced Meller right there. I really didn't give up anything other than the third selection. What I probably did give up, though, was the snake ability. Yes. That's great. All right. uh, So that was one that I was thinking of. I am going to go with my first pick, and I'm going to go Tim Floyd. Mm. And, And the reason is, is because of the symbolic nature that he represents as well. You cannot go from Phil Jackson in a dynasty and ending the dynasty simply because you want to hire Tim Floyd. Bad coach, bad decision to break up the dynasty. So I'm going Tim Floyd with the second overall. Yeah, but pack. breaking up the dynasty wasn't a Tim Floyd issue. Sure, it was. Well, it was, was the all, coach. It was, or a that was the general manager. It was a representation of everything, and it did blow up the dynasty. They wanted to. They ended Phil Jackson's run for Tim effing Floyd. Just saying, that wasn't a Tim Floyd issue. That was a Jerry. No. As far as the drop off, there probably isn't one bigger. Yes. All right. So, with the Snakeroo here, Wads. Snakeroo, here comes the Snakeroo. I I I, I think you did a nice job of uh, selecting Jim Boy in there. I feel. I think you uh, you nailed that. But there aren't many other guys that I have on a list. uh, Call me the uh, the ghost of Christmas present here. Maybe I'm getting lost in the moment. But I'm going to go back-to-back here 
with the current combination. Give me Matt Eberflus and Pedro Grafal. I think we're living in some of the worst coaching we've ever seen in Chicago history. So I'm going to take the two current coaches of both the Bears and the White Sox, Matt Eberflus and Pedro Grafal. That's not bad. You know, I wrote down an accident, Pedro Eberflus. And I don't... Freudian slip. If I don't one. get you, that's you know two what? selections that, in one. That's the name of my team, yes. Pedro Eberflus. And between two names right here for my second pick. Well, take the one that isn't the one I'm thinking of. You know, I think I'm getting good value, and I think um, Potsy named him. Oh, I've got to go with Terry Bevington. I, I've that's got, where I was I've going. Got the, I've got the Jerry Reinsdorf representation with Tim Floyd and Terry Bevington right here. And I feel good about it. I'm going. My 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 pick is already in. It's Alpo. Oh, that's Alpo good. Cigarin. You get another one too. Oh, that's right. I get yes. another. Um, I'm hoping Alpo's I still get the guy I wanted. Uh, uh, dun, dun. All right, this dun, is where this is where in high school he starts looking at our cheat sheets, yeah, Sylvie, no because God, he didn't I'm do not. any prep on no, his own. Right. Um. So, I'm going to Waddle go Waddle so there. far has Jim Boylan and Alpo Suhonen. That is a great leader. That's really good. I've got, clubhouse. I've got Tim Floyd and Terry Bevington. Jeff Meller has Matt Eberflus and Pedro Grafal. I'm going Dale Swaim. Good. I like that. This is not bad. They didn't win anything with him, did they? they didn't no. The no, that was a terrible hire, and he was he was a meathead. He, didn't, like, he was the opposite of... Of um, Jed and Theo, you know, like yes. you're like that's the he, guy. You know who Dale Dale Swain was? Ned Yost with less charisma. <laughs> is that possible? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you guys have left him on the board, and this is who I was thinking about taking uh, in my last pick with Bevington. I'm going Tressman, Mark Tressman here. But he did have the second ranked offense in the league for Bad a year. Leader <laughs> amongst men. He's still amongst one of the Bears' worst coaches of all time. So give me Mark Trussman, the double 50 burgers with the Patriots and Packers game. He said, we are going to have a team of with selfish and indiscipline. Uh, we've got the best thing we have going for ourselves is the bye. He's talking to the back of the room. I like Trussman here. All right. That leaves me up for two here. And I think I'm going to go with a pair of Blackhawk coaches. Give me Jeremy Colleton yeah. in my third round selection. And then I will follow that up in the fourth round. Give me Derek King. He wasn't a coach long, though, was he? Correct. He was not good. He was awful. All right, so Meller's got Eberflus, Grafal, Colleton, and King. I'm up, and I've got Floyd, Bevington, and Trussman. Little underrated. Terry Bevington actually had a winning percentage above five hundred. I know, but he had a good team. That's true. You know, like the what, yeah, that White Sox team was like, loaded da, da, with Frank da, Thomas, da, Robin Ventura. Da, da. You doing some research there, Waddle, for your next pick? I am. What would you want me to do? You want me to sit here and sit on my hands? Maybe no, I choose some I gum can't wait and to put hear it underneath my school desk. I can't wait to hear who you've uh, come into. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Me, right uh, now, I'm beating your ass you in are. this little contest. I could go, like, there, there's a couple spots I could go here. I think they're going to be left on the board. I'm going to take a one-time lunch with a legend. Yes. Mike Quaddy. That's a good one. That's really good. It's my Mike, turn. Mike Quaddy was, like, one of Jim Hendry's last 
stabs at that, wasn't he? Wasn't he his last? Was he his last hiring? Don't Probably know. before his last stand. Like Quaddy, he was affable. He was the yeah. opposite of Dale Swain, but he was a bad manager. Like Quaddy, is it my turn? Yeah, you have two picks here. I'm going to go with a guy that is probably going to draw booze for reasons that I think if if you give it a little bit of of deep thought. You'll stop booing and you'll start cheering. I'm going with Bill Cartwright. Wow. We mean wow. In Bill Cartwright's tenure, which was short, he was 51 and 100 for a 338 winning you, percentage. That's true. I had him Silliness. on the list. That's what he used to he's tell not, he's not, Yeah, he's, he's not. I'm not saying he wasn't a great player. As a coach, Mallory, were you a little surprised I went there? No, I had him on my list, too. I know, but for me, you were you surprised that my oh, dumbass yes, had him? Yes, again, I was a little... Yes, anything that... Uh, yeah, makes sense? Yes. Yeah, it's a little yeah. surprising. Um, so it's my turn again? Yeah. Can you give me, like, four seconds? No. You know what Bill Cartwright used to do? So he didn't he have a voice. Whistle. It's the whistle. No, that was more Phil. Did he whistle uh, ever? I he but uh, so he he didn't have a voice, and he used to stomp his foot to get the people's attention. He used to stomp his dress shoe on the court to get people's attention. Okay, this one may not get. Uh, I'm going with former players. I'm going Robin Ventura. That's good. Robin he Ventura. Didn't even Job. No, but Kenny's <laughs> like, damn it, you got to take the job. And in his career, he had one season where he had a winning record. Yeah, that's good. Thirty-seven or three seventy-five and four thirty-five with no, I don't believe any postseason yeah. appearances. Yeah, that's good. I'm going to take the basketball version of Robin Ventura and Tim Floyd's little brother. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Fred Hoiberg. He was just like. Starting to feel Tim dirty. Floyd. I think feel dirty. And, and and out of Iowa State, with uh-huh. really there was no interview process. Let's just hire Fred Hoiberg. We've always wanted to hire him. Good luck to you. I feel like that's uh, he was actually solid though as a coach, wasn't he? he like his record. How far uh, back are we going? No, they they I guess you're in right. his parking spot. They ran right over him. Didn't they have? Wasn't that during when they had Jimmy and? Yeah, that's true. Um, you know what? They a good team, How far too. back I, are we going? As, as far, far as, as you, you want. want. Oh, really? Your call. Okay. Uh, admittedly, I don't have a living memory of this man, but this is what uh, Hollywood is for. Give me Paul Westhead, based wow. on the strength of what... Uh, what uh, One year he lasted with a bull. Exactly, Sylvie. And we all saw how big of a doofus he was in, uh, <laughs> in winning time on HBO. So that's all I need. I think he won 29 games with the Bulls. See? Perfect. And again, he couldn't even hold his job with uh, John C. Riley on uh, with uh, Showtime. So, Okay, you got Weston and who? Oh, and then I got a, that's true, another pick here. Come Let's on, go dummy. with uh, give me Abe Gibran. That's not bad. Abe Gibran had terrible the, win percentages. The with only the, man who's close. The, the only man who's close to Matt Eberflus in terms of uh, winning percentage for the Bears. There's uh, there's one man that a lot of people want me to take because of the history. Oh, D Rose at the end of the game. Is it that guy? Yes, but I want to take someone else. I think. See, 
Vinny had a good coaching record, though. Well, he was 500, yeah. wasn't he? That's good but enough. But he was like, a bad coach, though, too. True. But, I mean, this guy had a good coaching record, too, but he was bad. I'm going with Tony La Russa 2.0. They did, no win the, they did win the division there, no one way. of his two seasons. There's no way you can convince me, and you lived through it with me, that Tony La Russa 2.0 was a good manager. He wasn't a good manager. He was a terrible manager. I am going to go Tony La Russa 2.0. Not going there, Miller. Um... I'm, you know where I'm going. I'm going where I'm most comfortable, and that's on the ice. I'm going with Trent Yanni. Trent Yanni's <laughs> a good one. There's still one more, too, that you could go with a former player there. Yeah, I, he's on my list, the other guy. Oh, no, you can't call go it? there. Yeah, you, you can't go, to, you you, can't you, go savvy. No, that's savvy. No, savvy I was had say. a good record, decent yeah. record. Yeah, you can't, go, say, you can't go there. You want to call it there? I think so. Yeah. The, yeah. Right? Because we're going to. I mean, uh, unless you want to just go. One more round if you want. I'm depressed. You depressed? Yeah. I like my list, though. I think I win. Right. So, Waddle's got Boylan. There are no winners, only Apple losers. Apple Suhonen. That's a good point. Dale Swaim, Bill Cartwright, Robin Ventura, and Trent Yanni. The other one was Dirk Graham. Yes. Dirk I Graham was a list. terrible Hawks coach. Great captain of the Hawks. Yeah. Terrible coach. Fabulous mustache, too, right? Great mustache. Thick as the day is long. Thank you. Talking about his mustache. Oh. I went Tim Floyd. Terry Bevington, Mark Tressman, Mike Quaddy, Fred Hoiberg, and uh, what are you looking at me that way? I'm and, listening. And Tony Larusa 2.0. I'm just listening to you. Meller went Eberflus, Griffol, Jeremy Colleton, Derek King, Paul Westhead, and Abe Gibran. He went to the 70s for a couple of his he last did. two picks. He did. No, Westhead was in the early 80s. That's right. That's yeah. right. He was early 80s. Um, Some guys we, we, we didn't mention, uh, Stan Albeck, any uh, response to him? Yeah. So then he went to Bradley. Uh, Bruce Kim. Nobody selected Bruce Kim. No one did. I had Jim Essien on my list for the old school people. I thought about. Who were Cubs fans? Tom, Treble, Tom Treblehorn was go. on my list. I thought about Lee Elia. Elia did not have, considering their roster, a bad record. Renee Lashman was 0-1. <laughs> what about Lorne Mollican? Would you have Lauren Mollican on the list? I would have put him on my list. Mike Quaddy was a great one. Uh, Ricky Renteria, way, any Mike, thoughts of him? Do Sylvia. you realize Mike Quaddy was almost 500 as a manager? Uh, I'm just saying. Again. Foxy? John Fox? You bite no. your tongue. Yeah, that, was, that would have been a fight. Who, what do you guys think? Who, who had the best, worst team? Waddle, me, or Meller will post it online. 312-332-3776. And would you rather, coming up next... Hey, this is Coach Mike Dick. Greg Olson here. This is Stacy King. Hey, this is D-Rose. What up? This is Ludacris. Hello, this is Dick Enberg. Would you like to play a little? Would you rather? Oh, my. I think people like the draft. We will uh, react to that. 312-332-3776. Would you rather? Meantime, brought to you by the Pride Stores. Let's go rapid fire, guys. What do you have, Charlie? All right, Bob wants to know, would you rather live in a house with no electricity or a house with no plumbing? No uh, plumbing. Again, I could use the outdoors. Yeah, my mom and dad grew up with uh, outhouses till they were really young. Use the the hose outside, right? And the hose. What do you mean, use the hose? Plumbing for to shower. Oh, okay. I didn't know right? what you were talking about. The hose. But you're right. Yeah. Um, Take a shower. You know, you gotta you gotta have electricity. Yeah. Gotta watch TV. Yeah. 
All that good stuff. Got to make sure you charge your iPhone, right? So you can be on Twitter. <laughs> All those necessary You'll things. You'll go outside and drop a deuce in an outhouse as long as you've yeah, got Twitter. You got juice for your phone. What's next? That's a good one. This might be uh, Waddle's burner, but uh, Sup These Nuts wants to know <laughs> Would you rather do an Ironman with zero training? Oh, boy. Or host Sunday Night Football alone? Well, that. Yes. Yeah, I'd rather host Sunday Night Football alone. Yeah, like, I wouldn't deal. make it through, you know, an Iron Man What's training. What happened there? I mean, big yeah, deal. just how you've Pub- asked. Public, ask. hum- public humiliation. Yeah, but. So it, what? All you're doing, you just ask someone to write your entire scripts and just read a prompter it, for an hour. But in, you're alone. You you don't, I don't think okay. you get that option. Isn't swimming yeah. the first leg of the Iron Man? I mean, you're going to drown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to be, but it usually is, yes. Um,. Well, they don't make swimming the last part of it. There, no, there's it's usually no, the swim. No, no, it usually it usually is, but there are some alternate Ironmans where they actually this have the swimming. This is the Ironman. I know, but I'm saying there are Iron Ironman Man. runs where they Man. swimming is not always first, but it usually is. All right, next one. How do, you know, how do you know that? Because I have a friend who is doing Ironman. Iron Man. What is the order? Shout out to Kev. Hey, what? Kev, what's the order? Is he the one who's got the darter with the pig? No, no, that's Mark. Okay, so what what order that's is That's a good Kev's? memory by you. Thank you. <laughs> what did you say? What is the order for his Ironman test? Usually it is, uh, I think it's cycling, running, swimming, usually. See, I think you don't want to do swimming last because that's no, no, the I'm most sorry. dangerous. I'm sorry, I, I flipped that around. Swimming first. You're right, you're right. Yeah, I, yeah. That's it's why usually, swimming is always it's first. Us- but no, no, but it's not always. You're correct. It usually is. You're less likely to drown if swimming is the first leg of yeah. the triathlon. Yes. You could drown Carmen yes. always talks about because he's done it. I don't know if he's done the Ironman. He's done a triathlon, but you get kicked because you're so yeah. close yes. to other people. Yeah, it's it's a uh, not to bring anybody down. No, but no my daughter had a friend who, in grade school, her mom competed in it here locally. I think it was locally and got kicked and drowned. Well, I used not to, to bring oh anyone down. I'm mean, just geez. telling you. You said it happened. I just told you, like. I didn't bring it up. You brought it up. I just gave you a real-life example. Not to bring anyone down, but here's a horrifying story. Hey, that ruined what you rather. Yeah, let's oh, yeah, I'm sure that's, that's, it did. Yeah, yeah, hey, would you rather walk in on your coat taking a dump in an outhouse with Charlie Weiss after he's been in there? Let me tell that you, ruin it? Let me tell you about my friend of my daughter's who got hit by lightning. No longer with us. Okay, if this was a lightning conversation, then you add clarity to it, or you added an example that I think enhanced the story. Moment of silence. You guys are so simple. You better? Swaddle and Sylvie. That's it? You ruined it. That's it? You ruined it. I ruined you, it. You ruined what you're at. Killed the mood. You killed yeah. it. Yeah. Wilbon next.